Fair warning, friends, there are many a spoiler for the new Hulu reboot of Hellraiser and some of the older Hellraisers, so be warned. Doctor, come on, what, what? Always do the right thing. Get away from her, you bitch! <laughs> Shit just got real. Better alive, you are coming with me. Samsonite! Welcome to a new episode of Very Famous Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Robb. I'm John Valley. And I am Robert Jordan Hunt. And you better peel that skin back, bucko, and let those guts breathe, because today we're talking about the new Hellraiser. Robert Jordan Hunt, tell us about this new Hellraiser, and did it raise hell? Oh boy, well, I'll tell you something, that's for sure. Uh, this new Hellraiser is a reinvention of Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic from director David Bruckner, who did The Ritual and... And the signal. The signal. No, that's not. Oh, yeah. oh, he did the original signal. Holy yeah. shit! He and did Night the sig and Nighthouse. That's the one yeah. I was thinking of. Um, in which a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box, mm-hmm. unaware that its purpose is to summon the Cenobites, a group of sadistic supernatural beings from another dimension. Ooh, another dimension. You know, to start off, the thing that I really hated about this movie <laughs> is that the. Uh, the box wasn't an app. Now, I thought that was going to be a really easy way to update this movie. Was yeah, like, yeah, how would it be about the, an app? Bluetooth. Well, you know what? The cell phones aren't scary. We know scary. Well, neither we was the movie. Phones. No, it really wasn't. I I was really bummed out with this movie. I, I was ready to love it. I love the first two movies. Sure. Um, the original from 1987 and its sequel, beautiful sequel from Hellbound, 1988. Hellraiser 2. Yeah, like I, I didn't hate it, um, but I didn't love it. I was ready to love it. I think there's some good ideas here. I, I like the look of the Cenobites, but having said that, it's nowhere near as weird or gross or even... Not sexy at all. No, no. not at all. It, it's especially from this filmmaker, David Bruckner. Like, I really like his stuff, and there's mm-hmm. just a lot of potential here for like a reinvention of this movie, a, a reboot, and I just think it really dropped the ball overall. Clive Barker has a, has a pretty limited uh, filmography when it comes to directing. And, you know, a lot of people look back on the Hellraiser movies, the first two uh, installments, and then obviously Nightbreed. But overall, you know, he hasn't That's had a Bob a, Seger song, right? It is, yeah. It's actually the movie's based on the Working Bob on a Nightbreed. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, overall, I, I feel like, I don't know, the kind of edge that was there for the original 80s versions like you said it's not as gross like it feels softer yeah there's there's like a uh, it's like more palatable for the general audience which i yeah. doesn't i do i don't think makes a good hellraiser movie no. and and obviously we're talking about hellraiser which has you know tons of installments most of them are Very pretty bad. awful Very bad. Not the most sensible uh, franchise when it comes to, uh, you know, like ongoing horror franchises. But yeah, like you said, this was a really great chance for them to update it and and bring something new and fresh to the to the table. But I think, unfortunately, in that effort, what they did is they sort of made it a little more pedestrian. Uh, they tried to update the designs of the Cenobites, which all look like delicious French pastries. <laughs> yes. They all just looked like, mmm, I want to eat that cherry pie oh Cenobite. God. You know, nobody looks very tough or, or, or really that threatening. S- threatening or scary. Or even or gross. Yeah. Right. I feel Except like for the, the, the teeth man, the tooth man. Aesthetically, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. But, you know, the just general design is, is really not that terrifying. It, it's very muddled. Like the in, in the the original two like you really felt these two worlds coming together like almost mm-hmm. in a in a really in, in a forceful way mm-hmm. and this is it's very subtle and it's very dark that's the one thing like the i watched the original two 
uh, about a week ago before I watched this one. And it's bright. Like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily take place, like, during the day. Or if it does, it's, like, in a room that's boarded up. But you can see everything. You can see the Cenobites. You can see the gore. You can see the red, the blood, all of it. And here it's just dark. Yeah. Yeah. Way, kind of a detriment of some modern filmmaking totally. where it is so dark I had to turn the brightness up on my TV yeah. to fully see what was happening throughout. And, and it's not like that darkness really helps elevate the style of the movie or anything. No. It just makes it difficult to see, and unfortunately, it didn't really boost the the fear in the movie at all for me. And it, and there are a lot of letdowns throughout with the writing. You don't they don't really establish who any of these characters are no. or why we should care about them at any point. Truly, exactly. I think that was one of my biggest complaints with the movie is that it's just so muddled. I think it wasn't until like twenty or thirty minutes into the movie before I really could kind of pin down, no pun intended. <sighs> who who our lead characters were and who we're supposed to be kind of caring about because it's all just super universal and bland. And, you know, there's a fun cold opening to the movie where it, it kind of starts it off with a bang, but then you don't see these characters oh, yeah. like at all until the end. So you're kind of like led astray as far as where your emotional investment's going to be, which is, you know, movies don't always have to be about a central character or always have to be a, a really tight plot. But that's something that's so cool about the original Hellraiser is that you really do get in the head of the the main character, uh, Julie. Julie. And like her conflict and how, like what she's having to do. Well, she's got a lot more purpose in that movie yes. for sure because her dad's involved and like her stepmom. Like, yeah, it, it makes so much more sense. There's a big drive. Well, and that's the mom character is Julie. And then, and then it kind of right. hands off to the daughter right. in a really you're right, you're right. nice way and expands the, uh, the dilemma and... and keeps it into the family but this movie was like they tried to do a little familial drama with this brother that the main character uh riley, riley. um has with, with, with her brother but it's just such Very a half throwaway baked. it's so half-baked yeah. you don't really care well yeah and and uh odessa zion who plays riley the lead in the movie the entire film is dressed like she just got back from Woodstock 99, which I do not understand. It's like, why is she wearing Jinkos through this whole movie? You're supposed to buy that she's a struggling drug addict and she has this ex-boyfriend who they have a relationship. But apparently all these people live in a one-bedroom apartment together. I, I didn't understand like, yeah. the dynamics of, of their friendships or relationships at all. The brother almost immediately is killed uh, by the Cenobites. Yeah, very quickly. He's the first victim. That's the thing. The, the gore in this movie, well, there's barely any gore. There's almost yeah. zero gore. There's a few like a few uh, moments in the beginning where it has this pretty great opening and then it just veers off to this other story that we don't mm -hmm. care about. But what little gore they see, it's so minimal, which is crazy because the first one, even though the effects aren't amazing, just... I mean, I'm a sucker for practical effects, even if it's terrible. So it's like that alone is just so much better. But because I also just watched recently the remake of Evil Dead, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. that's a movie that I think does it well yeah i think that's a that's a solid re an actual remake re-envisioning right. that actually works but they also they change enough of the plot like just uh to compare it to hellraiser it's like both the lead characters in these movies are addicts right mm -hmm. and in the evil dead remake the whole thing is like they're bringing her to the woods to get her to uh kick the habit um, yeah yeah like, like a flesh out <laughs> flesh out right yeah. and then that becomes the whole driving point of the story when once she gets possessed you know what i mean do they believe it? like it they write it into the story really really well it becomes the part of the movie where it's hellraiser that doesn't really turn into anything again that's like this weird establishing storyline that they try to jam into the beginning yeah where it's like she's had a lot of problems and you're like yeah okay but we don't see any of them you're not representing them 
well enough for me to understand as an audience member, like how bad is her addiction? Because to me, it just seems like she's a normal 20 something that likes to party sometimes. That's what it seems like. Right. And they make it out to be this like more grandiose issue, which maybe that was the original intention, but that's not how it was portrayed. I think in the movie. No, not at all. And God, I, I want to talk about Goran Vizhnik a little bit. He's, he's a Voight in the movie such a wasted character, right? Because yeah. in, in like the original, uh, the uncle character, um, I forget his name, but like Frank, you know, his whole thing is that he finds the box, gets taken to hell with the Cenobites, and then gets brought back by a little bit of blood from the dad in that yeah. movie, right? Mm-hmm. And but I mean, he looks so gnarly for like half the movie. He's skinless. Yeah, <laughs> he's just, just wet, and blood. glistening. Yeah, yeah. But in this movie, uh, he's only got like he's got like a when we see him at the end after you know ninety minutes later, he's just got like this chest and back thing on him. Yeah. And that's it. It's like they tear his penis off and rip off, uh, you know, part Do of his chest. Do they tear his penis off? I don't even remember that. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand. Like, I guess he's being elevated to become a Cenobite. Uh, maybe that's the notion. Right. But, but, but it's so boring. Like, come on. Like, I mean, yeah. that last shot is the only, is really one of the only cool shots. Like, when he does become, they pull his right. um, lips, cheeks. cheeks off, essentially. And, like, and it's really well lit. He looks, he's got that classic Cenobite look, I think. Yeah. And, you know, it's the last 30 seconds of the movie. And it's like, that's it? It's just all over the place. You're, you, you, there's no internal clock or internal logic to the whole thing. And yet the movie is so preoccupied with like compartments and puzzles and yeah. sequences and steps and levels of like ascension into hell. They're always getting into a trunk. They're always opening doors. They're always like, oh, sure. There's just this well, constant there's, like there's design. There's compartments to the box itself. Yeah. We said earlier, but I, but then there's nothing to the like. characters. No, sure, I mean that's a cool. At all. That's it's, like a it's cool a world thing. building thing. Yeah, for but sure. like if the characters aren't there, it doesn't fucking totally, matter totally. how many like little doors come out of totally their shoes or their walls. What the shoes? And, well, I mean, and there's another doors thing, everywhere. There's doors for days in this movie. Doors in the butts. <laughs> doors in the feet. Doors, doors in their heads. <laughs> but this movie is also. At I least... was looking for the door to get out of there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This movie's at least 20 minutes too long. Absolutely. Because that's another thing. 20. Mi- minimum. Yeah. Two 20. hours too long. If, if you could do a quick 90-minute movie, even if you don't like the characters, you could still make it cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yes. And they just, it, it goes on way too long. And granted, they do kind of... Which I think the Ridge was under 90 minutes. The, the first two are like 94 and 97 minutes Oh, each. boy. I was wrong. You fucking idiot. It's just, it's it, it, they're kind of combining the plots of the first two movies in a way, but like... It just goddamn, you could cut minimum twenty minutes out of this, and it right. would, easy. It would it would at least help because I know part of the pitch for it and everything is is it is not a sequel. It's a re envisioning. They yeah. said it's gonna it's based like. close more closely on uh, Clyde Barker's novella, The Hell sure, Heart, which yeah. I haven't read, so I can't attest if it is more read, so more comparable, but. Yeah, we don't read on this podcast as you as you well know. We don't know how to even if we uh, wanted to. I'm not going to learn. But the there are these sort of elements to it where I I felt constantly questioning like what are the motivations for anything in this movie? Yeah. Once the brother is killed, nobody really seems to care that much that he has gone completely missing. And I I like the use of the, you know, the box to kill one of the Cenobites. I thought that was yes. cool. Oh yeah. It it just feels like they they were almost playing for time towards the end where it's like this resolution is just like, "Oh no, what's going to happen now?" Oh wait, Voight has been hiding in the wall the whole time. It's this such house. a stupid reveal and the, it, there's no weight to it. Can Nothing. we please talk about how this movie like once they get to Voight's mansion, it is almost beat for beat 13 Ghosts. It is like <laughs> yeah. a rich you know, collector of paranormal objects right. who's trying to 
complete this ritual wow, to totally right. gain a, a this certain power or, or uh, unlock the uh, the, the walls whatever, between the here. Yeah, and there. yeah, the the secret, as they say. Yeah, uh, the it's so similar. And that movie is so clunky. That storyline in 13 Ghosts right. is so clunky oh, yeah, in that yeah, movie. Yeah. And then to see it again in this new movie where you're like, that's exactly the same, but I don't think the creature design is as good. Oh, no way. And, that's the thing about 13 Ghosts. It's 90 minutes. It's yeah. got a great cast. And, and F. Murray got, Abraham is the Voight character, which right. he's, you know, I, I don't want to... F. Murray Abraham. I don't want to come Lillard. down on Gordon Visionick because he's, he's been great and stuff, but totally. I... It's he's not no his F. fault. Yeah. He's no F. He's no, no F. But, no but it's almost exactly the same where it's like they figure out how to use the house to their advantage right. to block or to capture these creatures, these Cenobites in the, in the new one. And it's again, it's so similar that I think any sort of low level horror fan who's seen, you know, a handful of like staple horror movies. If you've seen 13 Ghosts and you watch the new Hellraiser, it's going to be pretty obvious yeah. to you how much was. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it just it's seems like it's ripping off so much. Well, even uh, this is a very small defense, but it's like even if it is, it's like you know what, Thirteen Ghosts is almost twenty years old. No doubt, no know? doubt. And I mean, like it's I think it's always okay to Hellraiser's almost forty though. Yeah. What is this movie about though? That and that's another thing that like raising hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> but even so, it's like her addiction. Is, uh, it plays second fiddle to anything else happening right. in the movie. Where it's, like, it's not like, about that. Is this the point? It's not a big enough idea, yeah. and they they really don't follow through with it enough for it to make any difference in the end. So what it just feels, uh, it, it could have just been a bunch of dumb teenagers mutilated and murdered in a horror right. movie. But for there's two not hours. A, there's not enough of that to justify no, the lack no of character near. development. Right. It's, uh, I mean, I think it's very safe to say that this. I, mean, I was looking forward to this. I was Same. as well. I was, yeah, I was yeah. stoked. The original was, Hellraiser is is easily one of my favorite horror uh, films, yeah. like Mount Rushmore. I think it's an incredible movie. It's you know, I know you're not like super boned on it, but uh, I like the original too. Yeah, but you're not like cuckoo bananas, right? No, I mean, I'm not going to take my pants off in the theater or anything. <laughs> but I, that's the f- <laughs> that's the first and only time you've ever said you wouldn't do it. So that's shocking. Oh man, I must really hate him. No, I. <laughs> I, I do really like the first two, and particularly the second Hellraiser, which I think it's is super cool. Is basically just a better version of the first totally. one. Totally. Um, but overall, I think, like I said earlier, as a franchise, Hellraiser is pretty. No, it's whatever not that great. But man, like the possible the possibilities this one the had. World. You know what I mean? Like the the world building. And, and having said, it's like I'm I'm very disappointed. I don't I didn't hate it, but man, it could have been so much more. Does anybody have his number? David Bruckner's number? Yeah, yeah let me put him on speed dial. Yeah, call him. Hey, what? What Why? The fuck? What You're better you than this. He's he not is better than this. That's the thing. He's, it's, he's, he's a great filmmaker. No, David? He's not answering. Is it going to voicemail? Um, it's just, it's a bummer. It really could have been better. It should have been better. Yeah. Having said that, if they make a sequel, I'll watch it. I won't. Will you? You know, there's a reality where things could be learned in the next totally. you know, iteration could be exponentially better. I don't know if, you know, different. And again, it's like David Bruckner has made some, some decent films, but maybe he wasn't the right choice for Maybe. this vision. Um, I think they needed somebody who is a little more of a ruthless horror director. Yeah. Not somebody who's a little more into like the, like, I don't want to say soft horror. Yeah. No, but, you're right. Let's see more. Like he's more of like a thriller because like there's stuff in the night house. I'm not a big fan of that movie, but there's stuff oh, in really? it. That's really good. Oh, yeah. Man, I really, and I'm like excited for him as a filmmaker. I think he's Same. a good filmmaker. I just didn't like how the, these scripts rolled out, but it, it, yeah, he you know what he really just didn't feel right for it. I think, I think you need like some like horror nerd to come in who who's 
you know, well versed in the Hellraiser universe right. and how to uh, utilize practical effects and how to bring brutal design yes. to the movie. Because again, it's Yui Bowl. The 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 <laughs> the Cenobites themselves to me were not particularly scary. No, they weren't scary. Uh, I, I appreciated them, but they weren't. scary. I liked certain design elements of all of them, but in the end, it just seems silly. It wasn't like it didn't go gruesome enough. enough. It didn't, yeah, it didn't go far enough. Because to me, Hellraiser implies it's going to be gruesome and, yeah. and horrifying, where this is more like some creeps following you around. They don't make hell seem all that terrifying one of the coolest looking sequences is where you see the sort of like pillar of hell coming oh, down yes. from the sky yes. to, to the you point mean in, of the, in the remake in right? the remake yeah man if you had just applied more of that man, visual aesthetic to real. the rest of the movie you might have had something here that that part looked great yeah i think in closing i would say uh, if you haven't seen the original, do yourself a favor and watch it this month. It's, oh, yeah. it's a classic. First Unfortunately, two, Unfortunately, we hate to say this here, but uh, maybe skip that Hulu remake. You know, in 10 years from now, it's just going to be one of the other Hellraiser movies that's not the first two. Right. Right. We here at the Very Famous Movie Podcast have been chronicling the uh, ever-twisting, ever-winding, ever-evolving saga of Ooh. Ezra Miller's... Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Journey, d- d- as journey. It were. We'll call it journey. Yeah. Ezra Miller's journey into um, oblivion and sort of uh, into hell. It's it's yeah. as if Ezra Miller is hell raising Ezra. Jordan, tell us about our beloved, our icon, uh, Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I almost said <laughs> Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. <laughs> I guess Susan just had one of her very famous dinner parties that we all know about, right? Yeah, we were invited last year, but we didn't, I didn't make go. it. We couldn't make it. We couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, but Ezra was not invited to one, and this 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 is true. He was so <laughs> upset that he demanded they demanded that Susan give him a gift at their altar, at Ezra's altar. Yeah, to, to offer up something. Uh, in repentance. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, would, I would like to offer up Ezra's altar as the name of Ezra's their yes. uh, biopic. Yeah. I think Which we great. will start filming next There year. will be a biopic on Ezra Miller. I guarantee it. And uh, I will be auditioning for it. Yeah, you should. I, you're going to nail it, dude. Yeah. You're a bit of a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it, folks. Join us for our next episode when we talk about the conclusion of David Gordon Green's trilogy, Halloween Ends. We're super excited about that. We loved these movies to certain degrees. We'll have an interesting conversation on it. Um, And we are continuing our month of spooky. 